Welcome to the 152nd edition of the Guna Podcast. This is your host Kevin Witcher, back in the chair after David Udo stepped in last month to give us some variety. However, no such fears this evening, as on our panel are three voices that have not been heard so far this season. Uh, first off, a bit of context though, and we are recording this on the Wednesday evening between weekends, where the team are on the road to Preston in the, in the FA Cup and in Wales for the Premier League game at Swansea. So now to introduce this evening's panel, making his first appearance since January 2016. He's braved the Southern Trains rail strike to be with us this evening. Drinking an Australian Shiraz, it's good once more to say hello to the Highbury spy himself, Steve Ashford. Good evening, everyone. Next, the man who started the Gooner all those years ago, this season taking more of a back seat. His last podcast was back in April last year. Nursing a bottle of a pale ale, it's a warm welcome to Mike Francis. Good evening, listeners. And our guest panellist, as such, is a long-time Arsenal supporter who just happens to own the offside photo agency, meaning he is not paid to attend an Arsenal match for longer than any of us can remember. He last guested for us back in February of 2016, and he too is on the red wine, the Shiraz, uh, to nurse him through the next 50 minutes. It's a pleasure to introduce a long-time friend of the Guna, Mark Leach. Good evening, everyone. Not sure that Shiraz will last, though. Right, OK. Well, try and uh, be sparing with this. Um, right, so obviously recent uh, results since our last recording. Um, a bit of a mixed bag. Um, and I'm going to start with one of our listener uh, submissions. And this is Joe Galliardi, a, a regular contributor to our questions. And he asks... Is our back four good enough to win the league or the Champions League? Has it ever been in the last decade? Well, I think it obviously hasn't been in the last decade because we haven't won either of those. But is it any different now? Um, go on then, Mark. Can you start me? Well, I, I'm, it's a good question. And I th I, I'm not sure. I think it's good enough, but it's not nasty enough. I think their players are excellent players. They all obviously won't be playing for Arsenal if they weren't technically gifted. But I'm not sure people will go, oh my God, look at the fixture list. I'm up against Bellerin today. That will mean they've got a lot of tracking back to do, but it won't mean they're going to get lumps kicked out of them and they're going to have a physical battle. I think, I think they kind of... Mustafi's brought something to this, a bit, bit of recklessness, which I'm all for, but I still don't think it's got scary written all over it. That's possibly the key to me. Not good, but they're not scary enough. Steve, um, Blimey, where'd you start? Does scary matter? <laughs> scary does matter. Does. Scary does matter. I mean, 21 years Wenger's been here. The back four hasn't improved one iota since 2004, when he, the, the team that he inherited from George Graham kind of got too old. Since, George, since, um, since Arsene Wenger has had to build his own back fours, 
the sum of the parts are good enough. I mean, Bellerin's a good player, Mustafi is a good player, um, Kizioli's a good player. They're, they're, they're all good players. They always have been. It's the coach that doesn't coach them properly. Well, hang on a minute. I mean, you look, I, at, I, look, I, look I, at that 2006 Champions League team yes. that created a record for conceding the least goals on the way to a final. Wasn't that a Wenger-built back four? It, it might have been a Wenger-built back four, but it was coached by Martin Keown. And it consisted of Sendros. Um, it was a left back. Flamini. Flamini was left back. Um, another centre half whose name escapes me, probably Colo Touré, not the best in the world. Um, is the if other If you one. can get that team to, to, to gel and be a good Champions League defence, surely you can get Kozielny, Mustafi, Bellerin, Czech, and the rest of them. I think it's the coaching and the protection they get in front of them. Well, what, what, name me the Invincibles back for. The, well, Lauren, now, now. Lauren Campbell. Lauren Campbell, Toure and Cole. Cole. Now, wasn't that a Wenger built back for? Lauren Campbell. Uh, might well have been. Might well have been. He was. Lauren was scary. But I think he was scary. He was a scary man, Lauren. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to mix it with him. He was it's just what you want and Cole was yeah. smaller but niggly and he'd, he'd start a fight I remember oh, Lauren's challenge on Ronaldo at Old Trafford uh, with some fondness it was uh, and looked, most of those players as well there was an overlap wasn't there with, with the likes of Adams and Dixon and Wintburn and, and Keown would have still been there and the Invincibles you know who would have uh, instilled into them a bit of the Arsenal defensive spirit and I think you know we've missed that yeah, ever since really and, uh, you know, to, my, well, to both guys' points, you know, I think the players individually are probably good enough. I think Monreal's probably slipped below. Last year he was giving us eights and nines out of tens. This year it's consistently sevens mm-hmm. and the occasional six. Um, you know, Koscielny's okay. You know, he's not, he's not a player that I'd want next to me in the trenches, but he, he's, good he's good enough. Yeah. Um, Mustafi I like. You know, like Mark says, you know, he's a bit reckless at times, mm. but you know, hey ho, that's that's he's going to kick a striker occasionally. That's good. Bellerin's, you know, Bellerin's probably the shining jewel of them, but is defensively he good enough, or is he just going forward? Were you but it's the structure that we play. In. We we su- surprised they ever played holding on Saturday at, at Preston to give holding some experience in a game, and I, I suppose it was an opportunity to have done so. I, 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 yeah, I didn't really think about it, but yeah, it probably was. And given that holding played at Bolton, you know, Preston would have been mm. not un, not something he was unused to. So yeah. it might have been, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. I was really upset that he never played Holden. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm really upset. Especially when he played Maitland Niles at right back. Mm. What he was effectively saying to, yes. to um, Holden could have played at right back, that, couldn't he? Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not good enough to, <clears throat> to get in this team, even when Maitland Niles is. Yeah, it's a good point because he came on, didn't he, right at the end? Yeah. Holden came on and played right back for the last. Yeah, he can, he can play the position, but I'm assuming he went for the Maitland Niles because of the creativity. Holden can also play midfield as well. Wenger's never tried him there either. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But I was, uh, one thing about that back four was that great goal by Gabriel. I only listened to the game on Radio 5, and Alan, Alan Green <laughs> told me on good authority that it was Gabriel smacked in the equaliser. So we've got to give him a point for that, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> he does look a lot like Aaron Ramsey. Um, okay, well, this is interesting. Um, it's got a. Um, uh, a bit on, on attitude, actually. It's, it's a bit of a, a non-serious contribution from Declan Noonan on Twitter. He says, uh, Will Alexis' supposed attitude be enough justification for Wenger to get rid of him 
we don't need winners rocking the boat. So uh, I've sort of converted that into the um, this question. Uh, there was a story about Alexis refusing to sign a new deal unless he was assured Wenger wouldn't be staying. And now we have one where Ozil is suggesting he's more keen to sign one if Wenger is staying. Does it really matter to players who the manager is going to be when the contracts come round? Well, I personally think it does. If you were Alexis or Ozil, would you sign a new contract with Arsenal, probably for the best years of your career? Well, Ozil obviously will. Well, I don't know. Um, knowing that you don't even know who the manager is yet. I mean, Arsenal haven't given any iota at all, any clues about whether they're going to offer a new contract, whether they're not going to offer a new contract, whether they're looking for a new manager. Wenger's the same. All he's saying is, I'll, I'll let everyone know at the end of the season. The whole thing's a, it's a, it's a farce. It's a charade. I mean, and then they're expecting two of our best players, our two best players, um, to sign new contracts when the club is completely in limbo with regard to the new manager. Hold on, Steve. Is there any other club in the world where a player would sign a contract and think he's going to have the same manager halfway through that new contract? Well, I think what Van Persie did at Old Trafford... Mm. And look what happened. He sold, went to Old Trafford on Ferguson, played like the man we knew he was. Ferguson went and he went back. Ah, he couldn't get off the injury, you know, treatment table again. So that, that, I think that's a precedent there, really, with it. Um, There's not many of them. He though. signed for Ferguson. Mm. So Ferguson being another manager who was around forever. Mm. But once Ferguson's moved on, United have now had three managers in four yep. seasons. Yep. I personally think that, that um, Alexis wants an ambitious manager and an ambitious CEO who he can feel that the club is trying with every effort they can to win the Champions League and the Premier League. At the moment, there's an impression that the club only aims to finish in the top four and qualifying for the Champions League is enough. I think Alexis wants to play for a team whose ambition is to win both of those trophies. And if he played for Man City, PSG, Chelsea... He'd be in a team that was whose aim was to win the Champions League, not just to qualify for it. I think Declan's been well. I like in the spirit of Declan, being a bit flippant. I'm saying I know from the inside Declan they're both hanging on for Alan Pardew to come over because he's a free man. <laughs> and then they both couldn't get their biros out quick enough. But if Declan's in, you know what Kev said there, if it was a case of Sanchez or Wenger and Ozil, I know which one I'd choose out of those, and it's the former. Hmm. Okay, uh, Mike. Surely, surely, it is just about money, isn't it nowadays? I would have thought so. I can't. I can't see it being anything but that. I think that a lot of this is agents speaking up their mind, finding out what interest there is from other clubs, how much they're prepared to pay, and, and, and holding us to ransom. They know, they know there'd be absolute uproar if we lost. Well, either of them, both of them would be it might be rioting in the streets, mightn't they? But it's this. So the agents know that. They're just, they're, they're just driving up the price, I think. But is it all about well, I, I, I'm not sure I believe all this stuff. You know, Ozil's... Yeah. You, you can read the interview in different ways. I mean, I've not seen the verbatim, which I know Mark's had a, had a look at, but, um, but you can, there's a couple of ways of reading it. and it, You know, the press then spin it whatever the way they want. Hmm. But is it all about money, though? I mean, they've, they've, they've got as much money to live on, and probably for the, well, their families yeah. to live on for the next 10 years, 20 years. But they don't look at it that way. Why the hell is everyone going to China with <laughs> well, that's, 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 that's a good point. It's trophies. 
I'm not sure. I think Kev's right. If you want to squat down, so, I mean, as a photographer, there's not a photographer who hasn't got 300 pictures of, of Sanchez on his haunches looking slightly miffed. And, you know, if, if it's to go to China, go to China. If it's about money, they go to China. If it's about medals, you know, the clubs that Spies mentioned, that's where they'll be, I think. Well, I think Sanchez just yeah. play, he plays with his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he? I mean, you know, we, we know that. And why wouldn't he therefore be disappointed? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm we all are. I, I, why wouldn't he be? I'm seeing Sanchez last close. season in the lashing rain at White Hart Lane. We're down to 10 men and we're up against it. Kane smashed two in and we're going nowhere. And he, single handedly, has got that game back for us. I remember that. That's what you want. That's what you want out of your players. And I, well, I'm not. Yeah, I will start on that. I wouldn't have seen Ozil getting a spack in that game in the same way. Sanchez would be a massive loss. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd agree. I'd, I'd, you know, if, we, if we're going to keep one, Sanchez is yeah. the one to keep. Yeah, so but he, he's the one I think we're less likely to keep, sure. unfortunately. To me, Ozil epitomises the Wenger-Colgi crash. Yeah. Sanchez epitomises ambition and trophies. Okay. Um, well, um, on the theme of departing players, if we're worried about that... Uh, Steve Pye, uh, regularly writes excellent nostalgia pieces for the, for the Gooner, has tweeted, which player left you most heartbroken stroke furious when he left Arsenal? I think I can guess the answer to this from the, oh, well, everybody really, but we'll see what they say anyway. Uh, I'll start with you, Mike. Oh, okay. I'm worried about what you're thinking I'm going to say now. Mm. Uh, well, I'm going to write it on the back of here, oh, and if I'm oh, right, oh, I'm, oh, I'm oh, going to write oh, the initials. We're talking about all eras, Okay, I think I might be slightly too young then for the one that maybe yes, you've got in mind. you're probably possibly. right. <laughs> Although the one possibly that did upset me more than... God, I don't know. Not long after that was another one who went, went to Man United, Frank Stapleton. Well, really? I thought that would be the one. Because of the bitterness oh, really? of that particular oh, departure. Mm. Oh, okay. I was thinking of somebody else, but yeah, Frank Stapleton. Just because I, I don't know. Because I suppose because I, I started coming to games when he broke in the team, so there was some sort of affinity with him. So when he left, you know, and I was young and heartbroken. Heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> well, but on, on a slightly well, I'll let the other guys have a take. Go first. Well, mine would be John Lukic. Oh, that's a shock! Wow. So. I, I thought he was a great keeper when we, in 2009, sorry, 91, or it might even have been 1990 when we signed Seaman from QPR. <coughs> I didn't see anything wrong with Lukic. He actually went on to win the title with Leeds a couple of years later. Did came back to us and did very well for us. I just didn't see the point of signing Seaman at all. I thought Lukic was a far better keeper, and I don't mind admitting I actually cried when he left. Wow, good God. You always yeah. rely on Steve. <laughs> well, Steve, if we're going, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go Jeff Glockley then. If you're doing that, <laughs> we've got a comedy night here. No, yeah. so I, 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 with Kev there, with, um, sorry, with Mike, with um, Stapleton. Do you remember? Because Brady, we kind of accepted. So he, he went to Juventus. He went to Juventus, and there was no bitterness. I was watching on YouTube him setting up uh, the winning goal for Rosinha to score for West Ham to knock us out of the cup in 89 he came back no problem even playing for West Ham against him but Stapleton not on his family show I won't repeat but he got he got it's the first time that he had the C word in yeah. big numbers at Arsenal thing towards any player he really got it but for me it was it was Frank McClintock because the aforementioned Jeff Lockley was deemed to take his place 
and McClintock, who was Arsenal through and through, took it, took it with pride. He played Queens Park Rangers and finished the next four seasons. They finished above Arsenal in all four seasons. But that that one counts as heartbroken. Heartbroken. Because it's interesting. One is heartbroken. <laughs> one is furious. So furious would be the statement. I think Stapleton was furious. Uh, heartbroken. So you've had Lukic, which was a heartbreak. Yeah. And, and I had Brady as a, as, a, as a disappointment. A furious. Yeah. You were angry with Brady. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I know it went for ambition. I mean, because again, even in those days, Arsenal didn't show a great deal of ambition. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, wouldn't match anywhere near what he wanted. Yeah. Um, he knew he wouldn't have a chance of winning the, the, the championship, the first division title as it was known then mm-hmm. he knew he wouldn't have a chance of winning that with Arsenal they didn't spend half the money that they had available on transfers um, and he went for ambition and that was gutting that was mm-hmm. well you think after Stapleton if, I think other players possibly had replacements you're talking Lukic we had David Seaman there have been replacements mm-hmm. but Frank Stapleton John I haven't got, we've got John Hawley who else? Lee Chapman. <laughs> Who <laughs> followed him? Ray Hankin. Ray Hankin. Uh, you know, the cast. <laughs> <Hawley and> Hankin <laughs> the other one. The other one that came to mind, which uh, so, so for some of our younger readers, listeners, who don't, who don't remember who held Frank Stapleton was, um, Ashley Cole. Of course. Yeah. Because he had Arsenal, you know, Arsenal pedigree, Arsenal born and bred, was and remained for a number of years probably the best left back in certainly in the country, if not the world. And the fact he went to Chelsea and won a lot. He, he had his head turned by Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah, and, you know. He, he was poached. Clearly, 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 I mean, you car. were furious. He nearly crashed his But, you know, to lose him with all that followed. Yes, yeah. You know, he was replaced by Clichy, who was nowhere near no. the same quality for what turned out to be five grand a week, which we probably paid <laughs> Nicholas Bentner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. Didn't work out too well that one. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit like Sanchez's salary now. I mean, I personally would sell Walcott and give every penny Walcott earns to Alexis Sanchez to keep him, mm. if it is just about money. Mm. And I'm sure all the other players in the team would be thankful for that because none of them would have to play with Wally ever again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm sure some of them are big pals with him, but uh, I take your point. Uh, all right, well, I'm talking of players moving on. I must confess, this one has gone a little bit under the radar for me, but um, we've got a, a tweet from Tooty Toots, whoever he or she may be, and they say, Zellerlan to Dortmund, mm. bad business in my opinion. Given the chance, it could make the same impact as Iwobi. Look at Gnabry. So, um... Uh, Zellerlem has gone to Dortmund. Is that a permanent move? Yeah, I think it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think it is. I haven't seen it. I saw the tweet earlier and I actually meant to look it up. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's hardly um, pulled up many trees at Arsenal. He's, he's hasn't been given a chance, though, has he? Well, he's come on. And, I mean, well, it, can you have are there any memories of him playing when he has come on? He did a League Cup tie, didn't he, a couple of years ago here before he went to Rangers on loan. Mm. And I thought he played really well in that Cup tie, in that League Cup tie. Okay. He, he played pre-season friendlies where he was shone and he was not the best player on the pitch, but not the worst. And he was certainly spraying the ball around and linking up is, with all the other Is his number one position central midfield? Yeah, a creative central midfield. Right. Okay. A bit like, a, yeah, he's, he's a ball sprayer. Right. What, um, what you're saying there, Spy, I just, sorry, my mind's gone back. You're saying played in the League Cup and played pretty well. I think the quality of players we used to have coming through and playing in League Cups, Cesc Fabregas against Wolves, 
Paul Lintz, Alex Ray, two gnarled old professionals, didn't want a 17-year-old taking the key, couldn't get near the lad. And that's what I kind mm. of go back to. Not mm. a, Oh, he did all right. Yeah. When you saw Fabregas that night, you went, yeah, oh yeah, my God, yeah. what have we got here? Yeah. You, know, you did. You saw it from his first touch. Oh, you yeah. knew that. And you thought, this you is did. something else. And I don't think we've seen that with Nabri or Zelalem. No. I don't think really, do you? They look like... But Fabregas was given a lot more chances at 16, 17 than they oh, that's probably That's because he deserved them. I, I, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm not going to confess to being an expert on Zelalem, but I did, I did see it play a couple of times, not just for us, but I watched a couple of games with Rangers. When they played Celtic last year in the cup semi-final yes. up there, he, he, he put, put away one of the penalties in the penalty shootout. But it just looked like the game was passing him by. Yeah. You know, and okay, it's frenetic, isn't it? An old firm derby. But, and about that, like Sinclair's <laughs> pulling up trees at Celtic, so that yeah, leaves you know, Scott Sinclair's looking cool. fantastic, like yeah. the world beat. I've yeah. done so much, you know. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, be proved wrong, but sorry, Tutti, we're not getting a big support for Zelenem here. I'm sorry. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, you thought you thought tight. You like to see I'd, I'd like to see a bit more of him right. before we sold him permanently. Mm. I don't mind sending one loan to Dortmund for a year or whoever. Or, but I, I think we should give him a bit more of a chance before we sell him permanently. Mm. And, and I think we should give much more of a chance to holding as well. Well, he's only just arrived. So. Well, he arrived six months ago. He's played what three games? Yeah, but how, how long is his contract? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, I think yeah. my, my, on that point, Mike, why he played against Liverpool in the opening game of the season. Yeah, because we had injury. And um, it was Chambers who missed out the next game. He's kept his place. Mm. So that was a thumbs up to him. But why is you say he's not up to playing against Preston in the FA yeah. Cup? It's yeah. a mystery, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. Very much so. Mm. Oh. Okay. Very much so. I think he's a great player, Rob Holding. I really do. Yeah. All right. Um, the spy seal of approval. <laughs> Good to hear. We, we did rank Chambers very highly in his We did rank Chambers and we still do. He was getting a run at Middlesbrough. Right. Um, I know a Middlesbrough fan at work who goes to all the games in London and some of the Midland games. says Chambers is playing really, really well. One of their best defenders. Okay. Can't well, afford it. Well, Middlesbrough's defence is yeah. one of the better ones in the yeah. league. They don't yeah. let him too many goals. Yeah. Whether how much that's got to do with Chambers or, their, or the structure of their play. Exactly. Yeah. Well, do they get coached yeah. back? Yeah. Yeah. They, they defensive have, yeah. men sitting. The manager is a former Real Madrid centre back, isn't he? Right. And also right. a Mourinho right. assistant. Yeah. So. Good. Get him in. I sorry, Kevin, I don't know how much of this we were talking earlier about the defensive coaching. Yeah, we can't say. We, we don't know for sure, but we've got this feeling around this table that it doesn't go on. Reading Frank McClintock's autobiography, and it's like Dave Sexton, then Don Howe, drumming into them mm. how to not get pulled over the park, and you keep your places, and you're talking, communicating. That's 19... That's well, years ago, 1967. We, we had George Graham tying ropes around well, his Well, that was an urban, an urban myth. However, <laughs> the principle that they were coached, yeah. definitely true. We go to the first goal against Bournemouth with the left-sided uh, attacker or well, defender, you know, he was attacking then in acres of space. Um, it was it's Panto season. Look who's behind you, kind of thing. Um, can you believe that they are coached when you see that? I don't think they are coached. I'm, I'm convinced that they're not coached. Mm. Why is it year on year, week on week, that the same thing happens every time? Mm. Not that we're the only team that gets spanked 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, 4-0, 2-1 against Man City, but it might as well have been 7-1. I mean, every year these defeats happen, and we don't learn from them. 
Well, we, we were speaking about Germany in that last question. So um, on that theme, Arsenal will be going there soon to play Bayern Munich. First leg away for a change with them winning the group. Bayern finished second to Atletico Madrid in theirs. So with that advantage of playing at home second and that we have got some results in Munich in the past, not always, but sometimes. When they've given up. Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Can we be more optimistic this season? Well, no. I think going back to like, you know, we're, we're back to, will we set up the tactics to go there, play it tight, don't give anything away, don't lose the game in the first leg and bring them back to our place level or at worst one behind? And... Yeah, you don't who, think who's so. confident? And, and, uh, how, but, you know, how yeah. long have you known Arsenal? Well, exactly. This is it. But that's <laughs> what we should be doing. We should, uh, you know, if you felt. But when we did it, things. let's say when we did it against Real Madrid in 2006, <coughs> and Wenger was the manager, was that the players deciding with a back four of Flamini, Senderos, Torre, and Abue? Yeah. Was that the players and Lehman in goal? It might have been a factor actually. But what? anyway, was that the players deciding? We are just going to get out of here and not conceding. Well, was Wenger a bit less obstinate in those days in having Martin Keown training those players and coaching them? Well, he's got these Steve days, Bold now, so... These days you get the impression he won't let anyone else train or coach the players. Right. And Steve Bold is just like the cone man that, you know, that we've always had a cone man of going back to the Frank McClintock years. There's always been one. Mm. Will Dixon was one. Mm. Um, and I, I think the cone man just puts the cones out. Cones out. Wenger does the coaching... If there is any coaching going on, but he certainly doesn't coach a back four. And as Mike said, I'd love Arsenal to set up not to lose in that first leg. And if we can see an 89th minute goal to, to Bayern Munich and we lose 1 0, I'll be over the moon. Um, I'd swap Sam Allardyce for Wenger just for that match. Goodness me. <laughs> I'm not sure that's within because, your way for rules. <laughs> because he'll know how to go out there and do that. Yes, well, certainly Sam. Uh, is, is a results man. No I've question. got finger for the second leg, though. Right, okay. So, um, I mean, you know, is there anyone here who thinks Arsenal can actually get through that time? I think it's tough. I don't, and I don't think the result in Munich will say we're through. I mean, I, sorry, kids, going back to losing 2 1 in Amsterdam to Ajax and getting away goal. Mm. Well, that's, that's brilliant. That away goal, mm. that saved us. We only need to nick it 1 0. Peter Marinello missed one in the first minute. George Graham headed their winner past Bob Wilson. It's, you know, we were a bit confident, too confident with that. I think maybe if we went out there and got a one-all, mm. I think we'd see a different Munich over the Emirates and I think it, it could get messy at our place rather than theirs. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, if we come back level or, or one behind, that doesn't mean I'm going to be confident, you know, because we know Munich could hit us for four at our place, but... What I don't want to do is lose it in the first leg and not have an earthly, you know, no. do, do what we normally do, you know, play catch up against I, Milan after losing the, 4 0 in the first leg. The last time we kept it tight in a knockout stage of a Champions League game was at Old Trafford in 2009. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kept it tight, defended, lost 1 0. Everyone thought, here we go. We were 2 0 down at the Emirates. Two and Gibbs slipped over, didn't he, yeah. the first couple of minutes. But very unfortunate. To, to your point, have we got a chance yet? I don't think Munich are the strength of the team they were no. a year or two no. ago. Um, I think we've got better in that time. I mean, it, it, we need a bit of an alignment of the stars, but 
It's a cup game. Only two, I, think so. I think the charades is disappearing quickly. I think we can do it, chaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've got, I've, I think we've got two hopes, zilch and none. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, uh, I'm now going to move to uh, Simon Rose, another contributor, who has tweeted um, on team selection. And he asks, have Perez and Giroud played themselves into the starting eleven after linking for goals and assists at Bournemouth and Preston? Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, is Giroud now a starter? To me, to me, he should never have not been a starter. <laughs> I don't see Sanchez as a centre-forward at all, or a striker. Even when he was playing centre-forward, he was always dropping deep and looking for someone ahead of him. And there was never anyone there. Okay, cues confused the defence. But we weren't scoring a, a huge number of goals when Sanchez was the supposedly lone striker with a Wobie and Walcott either side of him. Because he was dropping back all the time, which is his natural inclination. Sanchez's inclination is to pick the ball up and run with it deep. Um, I think we've looked a much better team, although we're still letting in lots of goals, when Giroud is the target man and Sanchez on the left. You know, why... Time, why play with one hand behind your back with one striker when you can play with two? I'm, I'm, I think the uh, the positive of the last few matches for me has been Perez. I'm, I'm a big fan. That volley at Bournemouth. Can't see, sound like Ron Manager there. Ooh, was it? <coughs> no. <laughs> no, that was something else. And the way he set up Giroud for the equaliser, Preston, and that was, that was, you know, that back heel going out play, back heel. Yeah. And they, as you say, they clicked. It wasn't like, oh, I've only I've been there. They clicked. They click. Can you fit Sanchez in? Uh, is Sanchez a ten? I don't know. With you could always play Perez on the right. Well, he's he's always going to play Ozil, isn't he? I mean, Wenger will play Ozil, so he'll play Sanchez left and Giroud, and he'll pick whoever on the right. Presumably Perez at the moment because of the injury. So you're saying Iwobi's taking Sanchez's place well, while he's out? Yes. <laughs> but you think that's you think he's straight back in when he's fit? I think Awobi will be dropped um, once uh, Ozil returns. I mean, there's something about the way he plays. <laughs> if, if, he, if he's going to start as rude. I, I if he's going to start as rude, then something's got to give. It's not going to be Sanchez. It's not going to be Ozil. Right. So, mm. it's, it's, unless he decides to drop Perez and play Sanchez or Awobi on the right. This, this is like a 4 3 3 playing Sanchez through the middle. And as, you, as Spire said there, I don't remember this great era we had when he was playing centre-forward. We had no. a couple of good results, but I don't remember it being, no. this is what we've been waiting for all these years. Yeah. But I went to Wembley when England played Chile, Chile a few years ago. I didn't really know who Sanchez was. He ran England's back four ragged. With not really, nobody knew who to pick him. Nobody knew who was picking him He didn't him have a position. He didn't have a position, and he wasn't, he wasn't centre-forward two guys supporting. The guys were very late to support him, but... He just ran him up. Did he get both goals? I'm not sure, but I thought we don't he play did, him he like that when he's up top. We kind of play him, and his he's dropping back. Yeah. We, play, we play such a rigid formation. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you're you're wide left, you're wide right, you're through the middle, you're number ten. Yeah, and I just don't see that with other teams. No, you know, and whether presumably that's being coached. Maybe that's the coaching that goes on, but yeah. not always, in, or at least he's instructed. Whereas. I think you're right. Sanchez will should be allowed to roam free yeah. and go where he feels like. But then, because of the rigid formation, you've then got a gap on the left. Well, and you've got no support from Monreal. He probably doesn't get yeah. a lot from Sanchez. I, I, w I would argue that when Sanchez was playing up front early in the season, we did go through a decent period. Mm. And that's why Giroud didn't come back in the team. 
because it was working. Mm. So, you know, I think we've been a little bit short memory. Still needed a last minute penalty to beat Southampton. We did, but there were other games. Burnley, the one that Burnley was other games where we did score goals. Because Chelsea passed it. I mean, one game this season really has been the 3 0 duffing up at Chelsea, all three goals before half time. Yeah. And that's when you thought, we're on something here. But hang on, it went West Ham. Was Sanchez the centre forward? Yeah. Yeah, but West Ham's West Ham, and it yeah. doesn't make it. Oh, I don't care. I mean, yeah. City, no, I'd rather look at that Burnley game when we were struggling to break them down. Yeah. Um, and they had everyone behind the ball, mm. and, we, and Sanchez was playing deep, looking for a striker. Yeah. And Giroud was injured at the time, and we never had a striker. But in which case, you know, if we were having this discussion back in August, we were all bemoaning the fact we hadn't signed a striker. Here we are discussing the fact that we've got three. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think it's great that we've got those three strikers. No midfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can look for weaknesses elsewhere. In donkey's years, where we've not been saying which striker we're going to sign in January. Yeah, it's it's brilliant to know that we don't need a striker. Well, the thing is, I mean, in in theory, the team is scoring the goals to win matches. It's just what's happening at the other end. Yeah. uh, which is the issue. But don't you think what well, Kev's saying about that rigidity of the 4 3 3? It's like the, the left back runs into the left side of midfield and runs into that guy's back left. It all looks like it's in lines, like table football somehow, where, you know, don't want to turn around and say they're the success team. I mean, Tottenham were in a championship title race last year. We weren't. We were in January. We weren't in a title race. They've had a crap run, maybe rubbish in Europe. They're, they've been great against Chelsea. And that dyer drops in. He's, he's there. He goes nowhere. He doesn't cross the halfway line. We haven't got a player like that. We've got Ramsey. They're saying, in a two there. I wish we had a stopper there who dropped in, allowing the fullbacks to go. And that's where the other players can drift in. But as you say, it seems to be all in this line. And it makes lovely gaps for other teams to go through, I think. Mm-hmm. Who was it? Was it um, Harry Rudnap in his evening standard column? made a very good point. He said, Bellerin's a great player. He said, a brilliant player. He said, but he plays as a right winger. He said, if I, was, if I was a left-sided attacking player playing against Arsenal, I would know that I'd have all the room in the world against Bellerin because he's never told to defend. In which case, is the vogue of three at the back the way we should be going? I, I think so. Yeah. You need that centre-mid guy who's going nowhere. And You know, when I, I, I think Cockland's a decent player, but when he starts trying his fancy flicks and pass, looking one way, passing the other like Sanchez, I think, oh, we're in trouble here. Cochrane thinks he's a footballer. And you well, that's why I'm to Alex, Alex Song. Exactly. Alex, Alex Song was brilliant. He was doing the Rabona, wasn't he, at West Ham? And then, I mean, and oh then my started God. to believe yeah. the hype and uh, yeah. you know, the flicks. Just the, the player who's not across the halfway line. And maybe it's your man. Maybe it's holding. Maybe yeah. it's Chambers. I don't know. Yeah. I thought they looked like the kind of, like Eric Dyer is a centre half, he's a defensive midfield player. I think we could do with what? somebody like that. Why can't, why can't we play Mustafi holding in Kozielny at three, Bellerin and, and uh, Monreal or Gibbs in front of them? And only one of the defensive midfielders. And let, let that kind of guy who's left. If it's Ozil, put, you know, he was, that's where he played for the German yeah. side, left side up front, but he wasn't, it wasn't rigid. He yeah. drifted in and did the damage yeah. there. Yeah. Came off that wing. So this is, this is, a, this is a great criticism levelled against Arsenal and in, at Wenger in particular, is that, is that he never changes the team or the tactics to suit the opposition. When Chelsea played Spurs last week, Spurs adapted. They played three at the back, same as Chelsea, and push their fullbacks high up to nullify the Chelsea fullbacks. And when um, Chelsea made changes during the game, um, Pochettino countered that by making in-game tactical changes. Never see Wenger do that. Mm. It's 4-2-3-1 four, four, every week. Okay. Um, 
All right. Um, I had a question there. So, yeah, what, what did happen to Alex's song? What, what's the story there? I mean, I've not heard anything for a while. Is he, right. still, is he still at West Ham? No, no, he's gone somewhere. Did he go to Russia? Probably. I don't know. I think it was Russia. Was, was he on loan from Barcelona when he went to West Ham? Or yeah. did they yes, buy it? initially. Yeah. Whether he went... I thought it was a full-time move at the <laughs> end. Don't know. Right. Disappeared. Has anyone seen Alex's <laughs> song? Please get in touch. <laughs> I'll look him up on Google later. Um... The other aspect we haven't really considered is the return of Danny Welbeck. Now, is that an option for the starting eleven? And is he preferable to, let's say, the Ox or Iwobi as a starting player? Especially oh, if you're going to have Sanchez as your forward. Oh, do you know what, Kev? First time I thought of Iwobi all night long. Not Iwobi, of Welbeck all night yeah, long. And I'm so pleased to have him back. God, over the moon to have him back. It's brilliant to see him on Saturday at Preston. Yeah. And I just think it means we'll see less of Walcott now he's back, and that can only be a good thing. Well, can Welbeck can play on the right as well, can he? <clears throat> if it means replacing Theo, then yes. <laughs> well, <okay. laughs> Theo's popping up with these goals, though, isn't he? But I, I, I'm not a Theo fan, but once he scores his goal, he may as well book him then. Yes. Yes. It seems to be the end of it. Yeah. Man City, yeah. away. Yeah. Well done, Theo. <laughs> didn't I love that. No, you didn't see him no. that, did you? Yeah. But he, he's, you know, people, I hate stats in football. I mean, they lie in cricket, but in football... It just doesn't mean anything. But Theo's up there, isn't he? Yeah, the goal for top scorers. He's up there for goals. All time, all all round contribution is probably the worst of the lot. I don't think Theo can read a game. That's his big problem. He's not a footballer. You don't think about Bayern Munich. This is what I was thinking straight away when I saw the the game out there. Play it tight, play it tight, frustrate them. 62 minutes, Theo's one on one with the keeper. Oh dear. If we'd have got that, we'd have been. And that would be the margins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll get those chances. And if Theo's there, they'll be worried about his pace. But when he gets there, yeah. him against Neuer, no, not going to happen. Uh, the, the one thing we can hope is that when we do go to Barcelona, Theo's not in that team. Oh. Welbeck is, no. yeah, because he, he did, the, when was the last time Theo battled? When was the last time Theo gave United players like Sanchez? Yeah, I'm not going to defend him. on in the season, he was winning some challenges. <laughs> It looked like he'd bulked up a bit over yeah. the summer, and it, you know. And stats yeah. indicate, I read some stats earlier, actually I think it was on the exclusive on today's website, that basically said he's actually made more tackles than Ozil and Sanchez combined. Can't believe that. Yeah. Oh. I can't believe that. There, there, there well, was, there was early that on in the equation. season, after about a month of the season, they, there was a stat, I think it was not Optus stat, which said he'd made more tackles in this season after five, six, seven games yeah. than he did in the whole of last year or the year before. Hang on, Mike. Made or won? Well, yeah, right. Made the tackle? No. What does that mean? I think that, I think that you got involved in the tackle or you won it? Uh, well, I still think he holds the record for putting most crosses into the stand. It's another useful stand. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. well, sorry, the question was Welbeck. Now, this yeah. will probably be the the January window when Wenger goes out and buys a striker when we've got Welbeck <laughs> and Perez and Sanchez and Giroud all looking good. Um, no, I, I think he's, he's not... I wouldn't put him in a starting place now. No. I mean, do you remember that winner against Leicester? Didn't we think that had turned the tide? Yeah. And he's another... It should have done, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should have. That was the end of February, that was. We went top that day. Mm. Well, no, we, we went... Within two, two points. Within two points. They would have been yeah, well yeah, away. No, no, we no, thought okay. the court you. Okay. We're really new in now. That's the rule. And I can't remember what happened. Man United well, well, should be an option off the bench, but he's not, yeah. he's not in the starting line no. for me. I think Welbeck, when you look at his international career, he scored some goals. I mean, you think, 
away to San Marino, away to, you know, yeah. he hasn't really, really, he, he's a great player, but I don't think Man United would let him go. They, <coughs> they probably thought Rashford's coming through, mm. let him go. Mm. No. But it's good, it's good seeing back for him. He's, he's not, yeah. no, he's not, but nobody, he has no bad wishes no. from anybody, has he? He's, he's a great lad. Best he gets out about the world back is that if he stays fit, he'll be a great player to have at the club. Right. Okay. Well, let's hope he can. Um, now, well, there was a, an exclusive earlier in the week, and uh, it was it raised the idea of the Arsenal way. And uh, someone on Twitter queried it. I think it was Andy Kelly, the um, Arsenal history writer. Um, now, is there such a thing as the Arsenal way? And if so, what is it? A vague concept, but does it mean anything to you? It's, it's, there is. I mean, my, my dad was born in Manchester and he moved down here and he said, always admired Arsenal. He said there was a mirror and a, a hairbrush in the tunnel, so he went out looking good. It's been parodied by Harry Enfield, the Charles Charlie Charles sketch. And I think, I think that's very nice. Put it in the museum and uh, get some more shit house players in. I really do. I'd like to consign it. Yeah, but I, I, I would argue, and this is my thought on the Arsenal way, the Arsenal way to me is about spirit and resilience and the idea that you don't lose a game before you win it, which was a bit of a pre-Wenger thing. Um, and that's how I viewed this idea. Does that resonate with anybody? It does resonate to a certain extent. But even in, if you go back further than that to the 60s with the 4-4 draws and the 3-4 defeats and the 4-0 defeats, in the, in the early 60s we win 4-0 one yeah. week, lose 4-0 the next. We weren't boring. Um, the attritional Arsenal, the, the defensive solid Arsenal that, that you, you're thinking about is the early 70s, late 60s and George Graham. Is it the 30s as well? Yeah, I, 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 I was, was going to say, yeah. that wasn't yeah. Herbert Chapman that well, sort of yeah. said that you, you, you go out you, with a point, you start the game with a point, you can only lose Did that. he say that the start of 13-31 when they scored 127 goals? <laughs> well, yeah, well, might well have How many did they concede, though? Nobody counted, they got the tires on yeah. Sorry, I misunderstood the question. I thought there was this Arsenal way, bit of etiquette, remember who you are, remember the class, And I think we are probably too nice a team to play against. With. And there's things like in UEFA, you get these rules, and Arsenal go through them all, tick, 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 must obey. Chelsea turn around and go, we're not doing that, we're not doing that, we're not doing that, fine, we don't care, we'll pay it, but we're not having that, we're not moving. And that's the difference now. And you can say, what an Nike club, Chelsea, ugh. and you know, look at, look at where they are, look at the trophies. Maybe, maybe there'd be lots of people say, I'd rather be where we are than be like them. But there's a lot of, Lot of Arsenal fans say, "Come on, let's move with it and let's get." I, I'd like Claudio Jakob for West Brom. I think he's he wound up Costa oh. big time. He got him in a tiz, and he's horrible, dirty, argy, yeah. niggly. Get nothing. He'd get him and get Simeone in as manager as well. Let's have some real. Let's have some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm ready for him to go. Oh my God! What did I wish for? Oh my! Was <laughs> <laughs> like the front cover of the latest Guinness, Simeone, if only. That was I mean, that you, went to press after the Everton yeah. and Man City games. I mean, you, you, you wouldn't have any of this namby pamby back four conceding three goals in the first twenty minutes. Then I tell you. <laughs> but to answer the question, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> there is an Arsenal way of doing things, and it is a certain Arsenal way because we were always known as the Bank of England club. We always did things with class and 
with a certain conservatism. We've always been known as a conservative club. Chelsea are a chad club, we're a conservative club. So hang on a minute, the roots of the Bank of England club, I believe, came came from when Herbert Chapman came to Arsenal and started spending money. Yeah. So we we actually almost did a Chelsea in the early 30s and bought all the big players, offered them more wages, and then went on to win trophies. Yeah. Hence the Bank of England, as in lots of money there, spending it. But we still did it with Oxford accents, lovely lovely suits. I think everyone did that. Yeah. What I I don't like about the modern Arsenal is when you see them turn up for games with headphones in and music. Man bags. Trainers, man bags. I mean, United have got that right now. United have got just about the only team that turn up for away games in a club blazer with a suit and tie. You know, you look, you look at Arsenal turn up for a match, it's like they're going to bed at night or something. Mm-hmm. You know, look at United, they look classy. Mm-hmm. We always used to be that team in the suit. Yes. So I always saw Arsenal the back of Friendship Club. That's where I think you're getting confused. Mm-hmm. I thought Sunderland were the Bank of England club because. Somebody turned around and said they spent all that money and won nothing. I think Arsenal kind of got some money. Didn't they spend on Bryn Jones, 10000 the whole world went mad, and he flopped. Mm. I'm not sure we actually threw That's money it. at that. that I think, I think, I think, I think he, he, he spent did, a lot of money. There was a lot of money floating around those days. Well, there was a maximum wage, so it couldn't have been... Yeah, but we, yeah, we were... I think we were finding ways around yes. that. Right, <laughs> yes. Alex James getting a few pork chops. I think, I, I think his parents probably both got, got luxury jobs. Uh, yeah. But there was that, there was or, that thing... Or job titles, anyway. The, the, the thing you're saying with the old Etonians on the board, and the lovely... I remember a club like that where Ipswich Town and the Cobbold family were brewers, and Bobby Robson was the manager, and I think they lost like six out of eight home games one season. He said after every match, the chairman puts his arm around me and says, you want to extend your contract? And... They, they, they seem right in the end. Robson had that great run with them. They knew they'd got a good guy. But Arsenal were like that. But I say, you know, we say that belongs in the 30s and the 50s. It belongs in the 20th century now with football. I'm, I'm just a bit worried that the, the American owners have almost got it. They don't want to rock the boat with Wenger because it's almost like their NFL hasn't got relegation. Hmm. It hasn't got relegation. So they're probably thinking where we are now. And they probably are looking at don't wish too hard. I mean, I wouldn't want Arsenal to get relegated. We've nearly done 100 years since we came up in the first division. I like to get to that milestone, but I'd rather, you know, Leicester fans, I know Leicester fans are saying it'd be hilarious if we got relegated this season. <laughs> win it, get relegated. That's and win the Champions League. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, well, it's, it's the ups and downs of being a football fan. And I've known them at Arsenal. You know, people say, you didn't go to Wrexham when we got beat to. And yes, I did. I saw some guys on Twitter the other day saying that goal was disallowed. It was Highby Harold, I think, was saying that was, shouldn't have been disallowed. That was a good goal. I went, let Wrexham have their day. Yeah, yeah. And back then, I thought, we don't need it. We won the league at Anfield. We won, you know, yeah. we, we've got enough. Let Wrexham yeah, have yeah, their yeah. day. Yeah, you've got to suffer the bad times. Exactly. And it was the ups and downs. Yeah. But now it's just this flatlining. And some people are kind of quite happy with that, which I don't get at all. I don't get that either. Yeah. But regarding the Arsenal class, though, I just remembered, we were the last team to take advertising in our programme. And the last team to have advertising in the, the perimeters, perimeters yeah. advertising. Yeah, the very the, the last team to do that. We held out. Mm. Yeah. We held out against the corporate world longer than mm. any other team. Well, the other great thing is we didn't have the old. Uh, we didn't fence anybody in either, which no. is, uh, no. in with yeah. hindsight, obviously, uh, you know, something Small we can be, um, yeah. you know, proud of. I think. Even in the seventies and eighties, it was as if it was as if it was still the nineteen thirties at Arsenal. Mm. 
Was it? Yeah, the yeah, sorry, you said the one time that the eighty-four semi-final, Everton Southampton, yeah. they all piled on the pitch, mm. and the club had said, "Right, we need fences up." Well, you know, we won't. That was a money spinner then. We were short of money. Got a semi-final. You won't get another semi. We had fences up. The fans were asked. They said, "No, we don't want fences." They went, "Sorry, DFA, we can't, can't yeah. use us as a semi." I mean, wow, that's yeah. that's. I was saying. Mm. Bring that back, please. Asking the fans their opinion. If that's the Arsenal way, I'll have that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're still very conservative, even now, though. Really conservative, you know, yeah. in loads of ways. I mean, the kit, socks, you know. The, What's the, conservative the way, about the kit? Well, the, 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 the way that the way that the the, 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 the it's just con- it's just conservative. Kevin. <laughs> Everything is conservative. Right. Our away kits are conservative. I, now hang on a minute. We've never had. We've never well. had. We've never had a really really horrible. Well, oh. banana skin. Oh. No, no, people, people, some people think that's the best kit we've ever had. Oh, well, yeah, it's hardly, hardly, you can't describe that as conservative. No, it's probably right, probably true. Yeah, probably true. Goodness me. I'll have some of that Shiraz uh, <laughs> yeah, tomorrow and yeah. see what it does to me. Um, Mike, you were trying to add something at one point to the Arsenal way, but I think it got lost in time. Yeah, I'm sure it got covered. <laughs> right, OK. Um, all right, so... Um, Right, uh, looking at the remainder of the season, over the last four and a half seasons, Arsenal have won just three of their last 22 Premier League away games against top six opposition. Seven games were drawn and 12 lost. Assuming the top six is going to be what every, everybody expects, Arsenal have to go to Chelsea, Spurs and Liverpool before this season is out. Do we anticipate any changes there in terms of Basically, I'm really saying, do Arsenal still have a shout in the domestic Premier League? No chance. Right, OK. No chance. Any optimism? I, 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 I've got this vision of things slightly changing uh, and Lucas Perez smashes in like he's a Basel hat-trick at White Hart Lane. But that's just... Well, if we the if, dream if, if, if no, Arsenal no, managed no, to get a result at Chelsea... I'm not so worried about Chelsea. I think that game will take care of itself. It's, it's, it's Chelsea, if it's I mean, Gabriel up against Costa, I don't even look at it. You know, it's just going to be the same. Or, or will we get somebody red carded who didn't actually? Well, have we a good we, ball we did contain Costa in the home game. Yes, he had the souls. It was it was Mustafi went after him early, didn't he? Mustafi, oh, yeah. Mustafi and Koscielny both. But I, I well, Koscielny was mopping up, and Mustafi was going, 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 and that's why I think people look at Koscielny and is it. With Gabriel, he doesn't know what Gabriel's going to do. He knows Mustafi's going to attack the ball, and he can he can anticipate worst case scenarios and be there for it. I think that's a great partnership, an attacking player and a sweeper, rather than just a right and left kind of thing. I think mm. that's great. But I do. I just think that centre mid needs sorting out definitely. And I could I don't know. I just have visions of. Perez upsetting everyone at White Hart Lane. Their last would derby you, at the old ground. Would you rather Zaka? Technically gifted. Technically, you know, he's got tick, 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 tick. His past completion rate in the Euros must have been up there. But did I see him do anything? See, I don't. I don't think he's cut out for the Premier. I don't. I don't. There's all this talk mm. about England, the long passing, the short pass. Maybe, maybe he'll take. He's, it's his first season. It's a tough league. It'll take time to work it out. But he's not that big lump who's going to protect our back four, is he? He's the guy well, to move the ball forward. Yeah, yeah but, but I think that's, that's, that's the role he's been given. 
you know, because he, he's generally playing alongside Cochrane, and Cochrane's role was to play the deeper role, yeah. and therefore Xhaka has is, is got more space to go into, and because he's got the better passing ability and he's technically better, but I think he's, he's growing into that. I, I like him, because I, I think, you know, I, I like the fact that he got sent off for the tackle against Swansea. Well, I like him I, take one for the team, I like that. I, 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 think he's, I think he reads the game well, I think he understands the game well, you know, something we always mm. criticise Walcott on, he's not got a football mm. brain. I think Jacker has, and I think he knows when to commit a foul, knows when to. It's not the Arsenal way, though, Kevin. It's not his probably not. Sorry, Mike. No, no, he committed a foul against Preston in the first minute on Saturday. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Yeah. I think yeah. he's savvy. He's savvy, like isn't he? Yeah, savvy, I quite yeah. like him. And, yeah. You know, I think he's got some way to go, but I think he does all right. I think Going back to the Chelsea game now, or, or the running, I'm not, I'm not confident. Mm. You know. That's well, we've been here before. Yeah, I think that's the problem. I think, I think, I think we're, we're all here, we're all hoping, we all want to believe that something will happen. But we, yeah, like you say, we've seen it far too many times. But yeah. I, I think there's this theory that you had to beat those form. teams to win the league. The one year Man United got like two points out of playing mm-hmm. the best and smashed everyone around them yes. and won the league. True. So I think really, I'm going to cliche time, Claxon, one game at a time. I think we've got to sort Swansea out before, before we can talk about any of this. Mm-hmm. That is a game that. Seriously, needs winning. If we, uh, if we, I mean, if we lose to Swansea, got to clear. Forget I mean, those, those games are relevant. Exactly. Yeah, they're we're, irrelevant. We're looking to how we can get outside the top six to avoid the Thursday Cup. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'll be looking for. Well, it'll take some doing. I personally think we're going to finish six. Well, hang on a minute, because I'm actually now moving into this area. And, I mean, the final um, listener contribution was from Anthony Glenn. And I don't really need an answer to this, but it will lead on to something. And he says... Has the club become too boring for fans and commercial partners alike? Has the top four target made us too safe and predictable? Okay, I think I know the answer to that. But what I am going to ask is, I think we have agreed on the likely top six. So two of those sides are going to miss out on those Champion League spots. Which two teams do you believe will be in those two positions? Spires answered one of them. He's well, giving Arsenal for one, definitely. Right, well, okay. As Mark was saying earlier, what, what would you know, the Leicester fans? What would it be like to get relegated after winning the, the Premier League? And I'm, I'm going to say, well, we're going to, in in essence, we're going to get relegated this year. We've been in the Champions League for 21 consecutive years, or 20 consecutive years. This year, we could f- be faced with the second division of Europe, the UEFA Cup, the Europa League. Totally new ground to us. Who's going to be? Who's going to be with us? Well, it might be interesting. Might be interesting. Yeah, let's Um, embrace it. Let's embrace it. But who else is going to be with Arsenal? So we're going to finish sixth, and I think Manchester City could well finish down. Man City, the other team to do. Yeah, I think that's interesting. And theory behind that, so two teams in Europe, and maybe we continue in Europe. You'll forget about that. And if you get a bashing in Europe, that's it's never good to lose. You don't say, oh, good, we're out of Europe, we can concentrate on getting fourth base so we can get back in Europe again next year. Yeah. I think that cycles. I, I agree. I think uh, I think Liverpool, they've got no Europe, but they don't. They kind of. Um, the way Klopp reacted to that 2 2 at Sunderland yeah. and the 0 0 against Plymouth. And we've done better players than them, too. I don't think they're in a good place at the moment. I don't think they're. But, I mean, maybe that question needs to be answered at the end of January. It's very quiet, isn't it? Even speculation at the moment about yeah. the January window. I think the thing is that, that, that the top six is going to be close. So it's, it's really hard to pick someone. You know, I fear it could be us. I obviously hope it won't be. But you know, you do look at it in our current run of form. 
and you, you think, yeah, we, we, the other teams around us are in better runs of yeah. form. Um, and you think, surely City won't. But I agree with Steve. I think City are in danger. But I think, you know, I think you can say the same about Tottenham and Man United. Man United have won nine on the tr- bounce. Mm. But before that, you thought they ain't going to they ain't going to worry us, yeah, no. and now suddenly they've won nine and bounce. We're quite capable of going on a run like that. Yeah. You know, we're just we're just being a bit negative at the moment because we remember that you know the last three away games, we could easily turn that around if we were to go to Chelsea and get some sort of result and win against Swansea and Watford and sure. whoever else yeah. we've got in the next few weeks. We'd probably have a very different conversation than outlook in a week's time. Yeah. I've, I've, I found time. myself after Tottenham beat Chelsea, I don't bet, and I found myself on odds checker. To see what Spurs odds were for the league, thinking I'd need to book myself a three-month holiday away in case they won it. So that's I probably was saying that this time last year. But well, Spurs don't concede any goals, do they? So the fact that Spurs don't concede any goals or very few goals, they've got the best defence. Then in the Premier League, the best defence normally wins the title or, or finishes there or thereabouts. I see Spurs finishing the top four. Pains me to say it. Um, I think Chelsea would definitely be there, and then it's it's a case of the other four teams. Liverpool, as Mark says, I think we've got much better players than Liverpool. They've got a better coach. City, I think we're on a par with them on so many levels. Um, and that just leaves United. And I think we'll finish behind United at the end of the season. I was going to say, turn this, it's probably an hour ago you asked us this question, but the first question was about, is our back four good enough to win the league? Sorry, what was the guy's name, Kev? Joe Gagliardi. Joe. Is the back four of... Danny Simpson, Robert Huth, Morgan and Fuchs. Is that a good enough back four to win the league? Yeah. It was last year, so it's the attitude. It's the attitude of that back four. And that's, sorry, spinning back an area, but thinking about winning, winning the title and going for it. And uh, it's, it's the attitude. And we need maybe... No, <laughs> I, I, I will upset people. I'll say, if we got Ozil out of the club in January, there might be, there might be some kind of blimey. Now, one of these people who thinks Ellis will hide away games. I saw him. Ask Ashley Williams who was hiding. I mean, that header. Yeah. Would Simeone go, oh, unlucky there. You know, I mean, why does Ozil go back into the box? Why doesn't he stand on the halfway line? Mm. I mean, there was this great, this commentary. I was watching Arsenal Southampton Boxing Day 1970, and Arsenal all came out, McClintock came out of the corner, and the commentator said, I'm not sure this is helping Arsenal. It crowds the area, makes it a lot, cr- you know, cramps all the space for goal scorers. And I'm thinking, blimey, that's Brian Moore in 1970. And you don't <laughs> see too many goals from corners now. I'm thinking, is this a waste of time? And if Ozil was to go out, or Sanchez to go out, what would the opposition, opposition do? Mm. You know? Um, well, Messi yeah. did that quite regularly last season, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Mares wasn't going to defend anything, Mahrez, was he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mares yeah. and Ozil probably got the same heading ability, haven't they? Yeah, probably not Up so. there with, I don't know, Dora yeah. Bryan or someone. But, it's, you know, it's rubbish. But they didn't... They didn't put him in a position where, you know, that, that, that header against Everton, sorry, that's, that's the worst thing I've seen yeah. in the last oh, yeah. few years. Yeah, he just walked away, didn't he? I've, but, I mean, I know loads of people who, who, would, who would not play Ozil at away games um, against any of the top ten teams because he never plays, never turns oh. up. Mm. OK, well, on that note, uh, just time for a quick plug for the current issue of the Guna. It includes the free 2017 calendar on the theme of 12 Arsenal legends from the Arsene Wenger era. Inside the plans in itself are pieces on Arsenal's remarkable record in the FA Cup third round, an interview with Pat Rice, pieces on the 93-94 season, and early 60s striker David Hurd. 
Aside from this nostalgia, we have articles on fan superstitions, the club employing the all-backs psychologist, and the contract situations of the two-star players, as well as casting favourite Dwight Hart Lane. Plenty more I don't have time to detail now. It's £3 from sellers on your way to the stadium or can be bought and posted to you via the Guna website store. As usual, a reminder that you can contact us regarding anything to do with this podcast via Twitter, at Guna Podcast, and email gunapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to all of you for your questions and topics submitted today. A quick apology about the iTunes balls up with the December podcast. There was a bug of some kind which has now been resolved so that is now there to listen to but this one hopefully should be on pretty much immediately with that it is time to say goodbye from Mark good evening everyone Steve cheers and Mike take care we will be back with another edition in February and this is your host Kevin Witcher saying goodbye and thanks for listening la di da di da la di da di dee all good friends and jolly good company. Well, hey!